All right, we're recording. This is cool. This is the Hell of a Shadow podcast. Like, that's really cool. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our bullshit. Oh, dude, that's hella even better. Hella Machado. So congratulations. We uh, are a blue country for now. Kind of. Kind of. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) He's still the president-elect. Yeah. He's still not the president. For now. It's crazy. January 20? Is it 20 or 24? 24? Something like that, yeah. I don't know, somewhere in January. Still a lot of things that could happen. Yeah. Which is the scary part. Welcome back to another episode of the Hell of a Shadow podcast, by the way. Sorry for the absence. Have you guys been... Doom scrolling and like conservative feeds. No, I've been looking at memes. <laughs> How's that going? I've seen some pretty good ones. Like I guess the most uh, widespread one is uh, why can't or why isn't uh, Trump in office anymore or in the White House anymore? And it's because are you it's, serious? It's for Biden. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's Hillary and um, Obama laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then there's the one where uh, Biden's playing music on his phone, and he's supposed to be playing Despacito. But oh, that's the best one. Everyone's just switching out the songs for other songs. Yeah. Those are good ones. The conservative feed is, is pretty conspiratorial. And it kind of understandably so, too, right? I'm, like folks are saying that there's a lot of uh, a lot of voter fraud and saying that the um, Trump needs to come down real hard with a lawsuit um, and order a recount. So they do believe that it's over, but they they have this like this feeling of hope still set aside um, because they know that Biden is still just a president elect and he hasn't been inaugurated yet. I don't understand. Well, I guess I do, but it's it's. I guess it's kind of just frustrating to think that anyone might have uh, rigged the election, especially for the Democrats. I don't know. It was too close to be be rigged. Right? Like, if I was going to rig something, like, I would make it not close at all. (laughs) Like, I mean, it it, it technically wasn't. It's just they took forever to count because he won by a lot. Yeah, but if we were going to, if Democrats are going to, like, steal this election you would think they would also do that for the senate and house races you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i don't understand how folks are saying that mass voter fraud like how could you commit mass voter fraud with like more than thousands of people like voting right and then then i don't know it just seems kind of like uh y'all are just so we're losers because at one point there's trump folks in arizona saying or arizona michigan saying different things one is saying stop the counting. The other one is saying keep counting. Like, which, 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 which do you want to happen? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I it's kind of unbelievable. Well, not it's twenty twenty. Everything's believable. But like, for people to just complain and then just say like, oh, our person didn't win. It must be voter fraud. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
you have no evidence. I was telling uh, Mel because um, he was asking for, or he was trying to sue states or calling fraud on states that he's losing in. It's kind of like saying, I should be winning that state because I rigged it. That's not right. I'm going to sue them. Yeah, I think he also said like, yeah, I was he- I was winning heavily in these states, but then people started count the votes against me. <laughs> <laughs> but then they continued counting. Stop counting. Yeah, stop counting. I already won. Do you see? Like, bro, right. like, uh, what? Like, I don't <laughs> get that part. There's like yeah. two like primary things that folks are talking about too, which is, which was one is that that you guys read about the voter glitch, the machine. Um, no, in Michigan, at? Michigan, it's a county. Uh, it's a small county in Michigan, where the tabulation machine had a glitch, and the glitch gave a swing <clears throat> of about like six thousand votes to Biden, and the county actually said like, "Yeah, there was a glitch. So we're going to fix that," and they fixed it. Um, and so that so that one drop in the bucket has caused like all this mass paranoia of voting machines all across the United States in on the on the side of the conservatives and um, on top of that like they're talking I mean some of them without any evidence are talking about um, voter ballots that came in who are named by folks who are deceased but weren't they the ones who are using dead people as voters in the last election right wasn't that like a part of like the a story where they, they, as in like the Republicans, were using deceased people, yeah, like their identities yeah. for their. I don't know how it happened last year, but this year I could see that happening. Like they didn't exactly know who's dead, but they mailed out their ballot, and then their family members filled it out for them. For all we know, but uh, I don't know how that could possibly happen. But it's also kind of like people have been voting, mail-in voting. For hella long, right? Like absentee balance, yeah. Yeah, like that's always been a thing. And like for Republicans to say, hey, oh, that, that looks hella sus now, right? You're like destroying the integrity of an election. So mm-hmm. what's the point of anybody, Democrat or Republican, to say like, oh, that my person did it when they totally cheated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So my thing is like, y'all really want to burn down the house that we all live in? Right, because that's what it kind of feels like right now. If we're electing somebody to the head of the household, and the process is compromised, and we're thinking that this isn't correct or this isn't right, might as well, might as well just say like all of this, all of this stuff is like fake or fraud. Like who, you know? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that voter fraud did happen, but yeah. on a much smaller scale than what conservatives. Are arguing, and it was uh, to the detriment of the Republican Party. Like we don't want to be, we don't want to get caught in like contradictory language, because we know that voter fraud happens. But what really happens is that you know, depending on which side you're on, you know, it's it's over exaggerated to the sometimes over exaggerated or under exaggerated. They, they're also they're also quoting um. Did you uh? That that two thousand election between Gore and Bush, like it's oh, all over their feet. Florida, uh, yeah, Florida. The hanging Chad? Oh no, that's not. That was they, there. There, there was, was the hanging there was, Chad. Yeah, oh, it was there, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. They were. Did you read? Uh, I put. I reposted something on Instagram regarding that, like court case. I guess when they took it to court, like there was a story where um, the Republicans were able to have access to ballots that they could fill out, while the same way like the Democrats um, didn't have the same access. I do. I have it. Um, but it basically said the the judges in that um, in that case was I think eventually the last two um, Supreme Justices. So there was this belief that if it were going to go down to the wire similar like this, they were going to have it go to the Supreme Court and have them decide who was of the president-elect or the winner. It was down to the wire to like the very, very, very end. And then Biden just won by kind of a landslide. Well, not a landslide, but a decent margin. Because I think he had two... Biden and Gore. Oh, you're talking about Gore. Yeah. Oh, never mind then. I think Gooby's still talking about Gore, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was just talking about that case, but I'm trying to find the actual thing for it. Let me see. Yeah, it was a a recount in a county Mm -hmm. of Florida. In Florida, yeah, yeah. Is Florida a swing state? No. Um, not really, but no. they did vote for Barack Obama. Mm. It's funny because, like, most states is going to look overwhelmingly red, but that's not where the most, that's where it's, like, not heavily populated. Like, mm-hmm. anywhere there is a metropolitan, it's typically blue. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. It's just, it, it's kind of, like, scary to look at a map of your state to see well as a democrat it's kind of scary to see how many republicans there actually are especially with trump in office it's visually misleading right yeah because when we color in the states we're looking at the size of the state not the population Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i did see those those like kind of heat maps yeah of where democrats and republicans live Mm -hmm. and california looks very half half (laughs) (laughs) we just have to think that People in those red areas, it's not dense of people. I live in one of those red areas of California. <laughs> you do. <laughs> so far, no Trump rallies over here. <laughs> on our way to uh, Santa Cruz that one weekend, there was a overpass on the highway. There's just huge Trump flag. I was like super surprised that there was a huge rally right there yeah. in Santa Cruz. Yeah. There's God. The, some Democrats are being extremely petty, and like they're the ones that are going viral. Mm-hmm. Uh, this there's a there was a Trump rally, on, like you were talking about, over an, uh, an overpass, and this guy is recording them. He's driving by, and he's just like laughing menacingly, like hello mm-hmm. loud. <laughs> and all the Trump supporters <laughs> are turning around, like hello, 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 butt hurt. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of Trumpers start crying and saying how unfair. It is and saying how their president is being hated on. And I'm all like, yo, y'all are the same folks with guns saying all this stuff. And then y'all are the ones crying? Like, come on, bro. Yeah. It's scary because, like, yeah, Biden's in office now. Trump is out. But, like, for those who voted for Trump, who supports a lot of things that people shouldn't support in general, like racism, misogyny all that stuff, like, they support that. Not support that, but, like, they look past it and voted for him anyway. Yeah, that's a scary like, part, think like, 70 million have, of them. Like, 
whoever voted for him is like out there. Yeah, dude. Like like you said, it could be seventy million. And yeah. that that just proves how many people uh like support the the Trumpism ideal. Mm-hmm. Which is which is insane because if you if you think about Trumpism, we all know what that is. Like it's very it's a very precise idealism. Um and you know, it's already been rendered in in our reality of the last four years. Um but but then we think about what voted <clears throat> what potentially voted Trump out, which is like this sort of new liberalism or this awakened liberalism. But I think a lot of us still are kind of under the suspicion that that liberalism is just fleeting and, you know, it's very temporary. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for everyone who voted to really still be plugged into their politics, especially yep. at the at the local level. Because what, what you don't want is, what we really don't want is, even though we voted Biden in, we, we really don't want that old kind of... Uh, no. regular racism that regular <laughs> racism right we don't want that old shit either we yeah. just want this new shit out real quick <laughs> at least kamala's there she's fairly not old yeah but she's also she was the top cop in california yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like as as much as people want to celebrate yeah i'm celebrating the fact that trump is out of well on his way out of office but we are welcoming two folks who are all about like police you know what I mean? Like we're mm-hmm. we're we're like on this like oh Kamala and Biden is gonna is gonna save us, right? Because Trump is out. Well, Trump is a manifestation of of America that was let out that and now everybody's out there with their Trump hats or you know, it's very, very overt now, the racism during Trump. And I don't want people to get comfortable and say, oh, well, racism is dead because fascism is dead because the president's out of office. No, as we've been seeing in our system, in in our society, in our government, that that's still ideals that are still hella strong. You know what I mean? Like you have like senators pushing like Lindsey Graham pushing states to say like hey you could just discard these ballots and then just send whomever you want to send right so you have like republicans trying to sow these seeds of just like well if it doesn't go our way maybe we should go do something about it you know like we have to be hella hyper aware of that because people are just going to see this as a victory in Francis you're absolutely right like we have to still be tapped into our local politics and like even more now we need to be more hyper aware of the politics that's going on because yo we can't we can't i firmly do not trust um a system that has been in place that systematically produces poverty violence and death right and miseducation like i'm so happy that um, Betsy DeVos is going to be out because she was a total failure and didn't do anything for nobody, mm-hmm. right? So in those victors, yes, I am so happy that those losers are gone. But at the same time, like, who are who are we going to bring in? Are we going to bring in the like the happy face, smiling racism, where it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna be your friend, right? I'm gonna talk to the kids in cages, but there's still gonna be kids in cages, right? Like, is is that what we want? 
right? Like, are we going to lose interest now because the the head of the table guy, the manifestation of racism is is no longer there, yet there's still going to be, like, racism <laughs> within our society, you know? Mm-hmm. I was uh, talking about this with someone. Like, what if COVID never happened? What would the elections look like? And especially with the amount of people that have died, who would they have voted for? It's kind did, of a scary thought. Did y'all see that um, Dave Chappelle monologue? I only saw half of it. Yeah, it was so like he actually said, like you know, thank God for COVID because it forced all these like mm-hmm. uh, all these it's killer murders. white people to, to stay yeah. inside, right? Because <laughs> he he brought up a really good point. Before all this COVID stuff happened, we had mass school shootings happening every single month, every single week. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, whoa. I It was so quick for me to forget all of that because I just got stuck in a house. Mm -hmm. So for him to bring that back and really, like, say, like, hey, if this is what happened during COVID or before COVID and this is and COVID actually stopped it. Right. Like, yeah, that's that's actually like a good thing that that happened. And I would, and to answer like your question, I would wonder how many of those people were actually Trump supporters. Yeah. Because a lot of his rallies and there's like a a story about it connected a lot of his rallies to new like cases of COVID in those places that he stayed. And most of the time during those rallies, he just left those folks out in the cold. Mm -hmm. Like I think one in like Ohio, he just left them out in the freezing cold, no place to go. Right. (laughs) So it is interesting to think like what, like how many people have already like passed like 200 we're closing to a quarter mil right yeah closing towards that so it's like interesting to think um how many of those people are actually like trump supporters did you see the um the media mishap uh like there were uh, trump's media team was having an interview and uh, right and and someone had um they had booked the four seasons (laughs) And they had yeah. thought they had booked the Four Seasons Hotel, yeah. but they booked the Four Seasons, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> what is it, like machinery or Hold on, landscaping? Yeah, yeah, Four Seasons, four seasons is landscaping. landscaping. Yeah. And then, so and then, they ended up doing it anyway. <laughs> so they're in this, in this like janky, um, <laughs> like, like really small commercial building, like, and, and, and they're their Trump sign is like hanging on a garage. <laughs> yeah. And it was right next to an adult store. <laughs> it's funny because he tweeted it out. Well, we're going to have a, a rally or whatever at the Four Seasons Hotel. And then they tweeted back. Correction. They're not having it at the Four Seasons Hotel. It's Four Seasons Landscaping. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> you, do you, can you imagine that though? Like literally. Like don't nothing... You don't know anything about Trump. You don't know anything about the Republican Party. And you just tune in. You see this person saying, I'm not going to concede. And then you look behind him. <laughs> all of his posters are on a garage wall. <laughs> and all of these people are standing around a vacant landscaping. <laughs> and, and you have like Fox News who have cameras like really up close. So they only <laughs> see the media team and the signs. And then you have like the petty like liberal media and they're like hella far back. Yeah. <laughs> and they're taking they're taking videos of the entire place. <laughs> uh, they couldn't just rebook. Are you that broke at this point? 
But bro, like, come on, like, think about it. Like, if that was your team, if that was like, I'm a Trumper, and you see him <laughs> trumping at a landscaping area that doesn't even look like legit. Like, it looks like it's you. You could definitely find that somewhere in the city in the industrial park. Like <laughs> it look like you. You just have this backdrop of just very very jankiness. And all these people in suits. And then you have like the president and his team saying like, we won't quit. Blah, 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 blah. And then you find out like, dude, y'all were right next to an adult like toy store. <laughs> saying all this stuff that you're not going to quit. Like, come on, man. It's like you went from downtown SF to Hunter's Point. <laughs> Yo, For come us. on. If these guys aren't broke, man. I mean, I, on top of like voter count, like because this is the, the highest, like the highest total turnout of voters in U.S. history, I think. Um, and it's also the one of the highest or the highest total campaign funds spent mm. on a single election, mm-hmm. right? So it's almost like, I don't remember, maybe like 11 or 12, maybe $13 billion. God damn, where did you get that money from? Dude, bankers, man. <laughs> Rupert Murdoch, all those folks, I'm sure. Bankers for sure, dude. On both sides? In the billions? yeah. yeah. God, People that, don't care, that's man. Tied, that's how tied these folks are to mm-hmm. corporate America. Mm-hmm. A billion that's, dollars. And then <laughs> you see his ass at a landscaping thing. Like, come on. <laughs> like, who who needs to be fired? Please. Like, who needs to be fired to, to just place the blame on? Like, somebody had to, like, really mess up that badly. I think someone in his in his regime did on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, Let's put it here and not the Four Seasons. Let's fuck with him. Yeah. But he wasn't <laughs> even there. That sucks. Yeah. But Mary Giuliani was there just saying. Like, <laughs> oh, dude. So so Giuliani did is doing an, uh, did an interview on, you know who Crowler is? No. Nah, Crowler, nah. Crowler is almost like the Joe Rogan for conservatives. Mm. And he's just... He's just this hate spewing kind of dude, um, and uh, he. Do, have you ever seen those those memes of the guy sitting at the table, and it says blah 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 convince me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's him. That's Crowder. Oh, that's Crowder. Him. Yeah, I know Crowder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Giuliani just did an interview with Crowder this morning, um, and it was all about voter fraud. Mm. He's like, yeah, we're working on it. Like, it's it's up to the states to, you know, to uncover these fro- these fraud fraudulent happenings. But you know, those are they're, uh, I believe I believe that this is a, such and such things are happening. And Crowler and his whole team were just talking about how, you know, there's this case of you know signature fraud or um, mailer fraud. Like, are you guys working on that? Are you guys working on that? Like, they're really pressing Giuliani, and just the fact that Giuliani is even entertaining these types of questions. Um, to Crowler, who has like millions and millions and millions of followers, is just them really kind of, uh, uh, of, of like kind of adding Kindle to that conservative fire. I think what he does is uh, he understands both sides, but he plays the other side for the sake of content. Like mm. he's going to play the villain in his own video just so he gets a conversation out of it. I don't know how serious he is about, or like if it's their actual if it's his actual opinions, but. He'll definitely play the part of the other side for the sake of arguing with someone on the other side. 
That's it is what it, that's what it looks like to me, at least. Whenever I he watch, he really it. plays that side really well. Then, <laughs> yeah, because he'll go to college campuses, he'll go to streets, and yeah, because then he, he, he presents facts and like logical facts, even sometimes. And I was like, oh, that's true. I can't dis, I can't like disagree with that. But that's but, um, that's that's why I think he's playing the other side, mm-hmm. just for the sake of content. Yeah, that's smart. Though. I agree that there are some there are some points where he does present facts, mm-hmm. but. But the way that he presents them are really, really, really biased. It's kind of um, aggressive and defensive. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you Not can't, total fact. you can't, you can't have conversations with people who are like that, right? Like I was reading this yeah. article um, that said, you know, those folks that will give you pamphlets or whatever. Like it said that, like the thing about those pamphlets, even if nobody like. <laughs> picks it up it's the fact that um in being rejected or being um or just being looked over like those folks passing the pamphlets are more indebted to whomever or whatever belief because in failure it's hardening them right so when you have folks who are on like the other side who's like trying to uh debate with like I've, I had people try to debate with me about like the the morality of like slavery, the morality of uh, why did this happen? Someone and, actually wanted to debate you about the morality of slavery. Yeah, it's weird. Someone it's had weird. a stance for morality in slavery. Yeah, and they said it was a um. An you should invite that guy to the podcast. Our, <laughs> it was an essential thing for for it to happen, right? And then. Like I just re- I just remembered like what my what um this this article that said like uh, the practice of like intolerance like like the practice of like what was it um hold on the the paradox of like tolerance right like we're in a society where we tolerate these things well there is just some things that we can't tolerate and we can't allow to exist because um, if you give it that space it's gonna grow. Right. Like I read somewhere in like this Facebook post, a man went to a bar, the bartender would never say shit to him. And then somebody came who was nicely dressed or whatever, said, hey, can I buy a drink? The bartender said, no, get the fuck out of here. The dude was all like, why'd you do that? Bartender were like, hey, he he's a Nazi. Um, if you allow this person to occupy space a couple times, it's cool. Then he brings his Nazi friends. Then eventually the Nazi friends take over the bar. Then it becomes a, it becomes a Nazi bar. And then when you try to tell that person like, Hey, we, you can't do this shit no more. Like it becomes a thing because you become outnumbered. Right. So he was just saying, you got to be able to not even let it grow or not even let it happen in the first place. Mm-hmm. So like me saying that is just like sometimes when we debate people who obviously like we know is not uh, going to say some like shit that is like actual worth it, actually giving like them the time and space is actually more detrimental because it allows them space to grow into something, right? Well, like you're not going to be- debate somebody like that. Unfortunately, that that whole concept is used on the Republican side like a lot, and it's used against immigration and 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 undocumented immigrants, right? It's like that whole idea of give someone an inch and they'll take a mile or something like that, mm. and it's almost like saying, well, 
here here undocumented immigrants in the United States. And if you allow them to stay, then everyone is just going to come in. That's their whole conservative argument for the spewing of hate of undocumented immigrants, right? So I think that whole idea, that whole concept is is a bit too flawed and a little bit too all-encompassing. It's not specific enough to to the actual problem. So and 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 the problem with what you were saying is this paradox of paradox of uh, of tolerance, tolerance, right? Is that there's a tipping point. I think mm-hmm. that's the paradox of tolerance. Is there is a tipping point to tolerance, right? And it's shown itself a lot in the last four years on the on the liberal side. And and we we talked about it. It's called cancel culture, right? When you have when you have a when you have too much tolerance, and suddenly they've taken over the bar, right? Now now the only thing that you can do is is this thing called cancel culture, and that's an ugly thing too. Mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of wonder too, like with the whole thing of just of uh, of uh, of linguistics that we're kind of touching on. It's like what's this? What's the difference between like a hive mind versus like unity? Right. Like, why why do Democrats think that Republicans are just this hive minded racist group and that we see ourselves as this united front? Right. And then if we were on the conservative side, they probably think the same thing. So what what exactly is is the difference? But the precise little definitions like xenophobia and racism and uh, and all that junk that they stand for. I, don't, I think when I think hive mind, I just think one person's thinking something for everyone. And then I guess when you're unified, everyone's discussing one thing until they come to consensus. Unless my definition of it is wrong or of both sides is wrong. Then no, yeah, no, no, maybe no. there's very, or there's a lot of blurred lines if that's the case. Yeah. Um, I watched something that AOC, AOC re- reposted about, I think it was an anchor. I'm not too sure, but he, um, but he basically said that we, um, that what's happening now is literally a reflection of all of us. That there's this always this cycle, in in our country where um, white people are like faced or confronted with their like innocence of like, oh my god, this is. This is what we did in our country. Oh my God, this is what happened. This is not us. And I liked how he said, well, this is us, right? Like this is what our country has been and who we always have because I've I've been listening to Hamilton ever since like the results came out and it just made me just keep me helping me realize like, dude, like our, we, we founded this country. Uh, I didn't find this country, but this country was founded on like principles of white supremacy, right? Like our, the founding fathers thought about this country without thinking of people of color in, in their, in their preview purview. And ever since then, like we've been trying to define and like trying to work this culture or this country for everybody. But there's this, there's the, there's that feeling in like white Americans or like white America that like, Hey, like we founded this country and all of the, the shifting that is going on, all this, um, 
all the look of America is not going to be white. So there, there is this like, oh shit, maybe, maybe we have to keep this, like keep our piece of it, keep our stake, kind of like similar to keep our power, right? So it's interesting that like, I, I think Democrats and Republicans are are the same like bird of oppression. Like for people of color, we will never be seen or fully integrated in one of those because we we were never built or we were never um, never made space for uh, for room in either the Democrat or Republican um, party. What I am seeing though is like a lot of like people of color, a lot of women especially have been winning a lot of like races and seats in Congress or in the Senate to bring forward that people of color perspective, which is great. Right. Like I, I hear a lot of people saying like, well, you can't really vote because voting doesn't really get you nothing. Right. Or we can't really change the system because it's still oppressive either way. And yeah, I to a certain point agree that there's a certain things that need to be reanalyzed and transformed. So we are in a system that is fully able to support all of us. Right. But currently, no. What I what I'm hopeful for is that after this election, there's going to be a lot more people doing a lot more work to change like their communities, because what we've seen in the last four years of is a hell of like ugly shit that has kind of uh, motivated a lot of people to do work for their communities. And um, yeah, I think that's like the one big takeaway that I have from like these elections in the last four years is that a lot of people are really motivated to make some change and that's hella cool to me I think we're hella I think we're still like really suspect of of the fragility of liberalism in America though right mm-hmm. so yes we came out in, in huge numbers to vote for Biden to put in Democrats in these seats um, even though we, we were losing the Senate Um the, the the thing though is that we've had abolitionist movements in American history before, and those abolish and those abolitionist movements worked, but the moment that they had the president the newly elected president seat, corporate America came in very quickly to readjust the spectrum of of democracy, right, and the values of democracy in the form of policy making. So what I'm thinking is that the spirit of 21st century abolitionism is already, I mean, it's really pessimistic of me to say, but it's already dying, right? Because Biden is going to come in and we know what that kind of, we know what that kind of government looks like already. And you were, you were talking about the smiling, the smiling racists and that's already happening. I mean, I'm not going to lie when, when, when Biden gave his speech last night for, you know, getting the, the president elect, um, I was excited. And I was like, I really want to hear these kinds of words, these motivational, inspirational, presidential words um, from someone who leads my country it, because of, of, of such a low bar that Trump had set over the last four years. And I think, obviously, like, it's okay for us to be happy and be joyful and to mm-hmm. breathe that very heavy sigh of relief that we no longer have Trump in, in, in office. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like, we need to like 
stop drinking the Kool-Aid now, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, that movement still needs to be alive and well over yeah. the next four years. And how do you do that, right? Um, and I think it's, I think I'm happy. I mean, when, when AOC um, won her seat and she started doing her work, I wasn't really much of a fan. Um, I read some of her policies. I wasn't much of a, I wasn't a fan, but the fact that she's so outspoken and she's so sharp, uh, and she's so critical of, of the system is why I love her. And I think as long as we have more folks like her in our government, more people of color who criticize the system in our government, I think that's it. That will be enough. That might be enough to keep the movement uh, to keep the to keep carrying the movement forward. She also seems to talk to the people, especially with her whole uh, Twitch thing. Oh yeah, that she, oh yeah. When she, when she played when she played Among Us. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that totally catered to me, you know, of all people. So I was like, oh, yeah. cool. She's uh, interacting with audiences outside of, you know, serious politics. That's pretty cool. That is cool. And that also just shows that like um, politicians like her, like are getting folks reconnected back to politics, Mm -hmm. right? Because politics was always seen as something that folks should never be engaged with. But politics is where the power happens, right? Our democracy runs super slow because a lot of people are just not aware of anything. So it's cool to see like a lot of politicians making those reconnections back to politics, especially with the youth. The youth now, like I was doing a lot of like voter voting um, programming and I just found like a, about Coalition Z, which is an organization created and run by high school students encouraging youth the youth vote. So it's awesome to see that like the next generation of people are just so heavily invested into politics now because they understand that prior to that, it was never a space for for them to be a part of because their parents was probably didn't have that experience of being engaged voters themselves. So it's really awesome to see like this next wave of folks um, just being more connected. And damn, I just read that Alex Trebek died. Oh no. shit! Dang. What the fuck? Yeah, during our what? Like well, he was fighting. Was he fighting cancer? Yeah, age four. Yeah. Damn, rest in peace. I know, R.I.P. I I do I do think that you know we talk about the radicalization of the far left and the far right when it comes to social media, but just like all things, everything has a gradient of effects, mm-hmm. and radicalization is one. But then Coalition Z is another, which is mm-hmm. a huge benefit, right? You have all these people who are so plugged in to their politics, so plugged into um, to the social dynamics of their country. And even not just your country, but their global global politics as well. Like those folks are going to be thinking about these things all the time for the rest of mm-hmm. their lives as mm-hmm. a normal thing. Um, not, I mean, not just normal, but uh, as an absolutely necessary thing, a very American thing is to be plugged into your your politics. I think it's a, it's a great thing. But then we also have those folks on the very on the right too, who are who are very plugged into their conservative politics, which I don't think is, is anything wrong. Um, it's just that we all know that it's just the Trumpism part that we would like to 
Yeah, I just hope that conservatives could see how their like values are tied to like s- systemic racism or racism, right? Like it just goes back to this like the idea that like America, like uh, we are a very young nation still, right? Like I still want to put that like in the forefront. Like we are still a young nation, and we have like this history, this very ugly history that we don't want to confront. It's not even taught in our history books. Like I learned more about like, like what happened with black wall street and the Tulsa massacre from HBO Watchmen. You know what I mean? You don't learn that in school. So it's like, if we are able to change, if we really want to transform this stuff, we need to really confront all the nasty historic historical things that have happened. And I really do think that like white folks got to like, gotta gotta accept that and gotta like recognize that acknowledge it because that is like a deep wound in in all of us right that is still like to a certain point still open still beating still happening and if we want to really move forward we gotta make we gotta do that historical healing first and it starts with acknowledging i mean i don't i don't think that Man, I don't think that's ever going to happen when it comes to white America acknowledging the history of oppression and racism in America. I mean, do you think that it would be possible for white America to look like how present-day Germans view their history or present-day Japanese view their militaristic history? Well, like, Japanese don't... Japanese folks don't even want to, like... (laughs) admit the whole comfort women thing right like they don't even want to confront like hey we did all this like messed up stuff to like women in southeast asia especially in the philippines that we did this stuff and i like optimistically yes if we change our educational system and really like educate people on what happened and not like because like education in my point of view is big business right like everything in our society is business because we're trying to make money. That's capitalism, right? Like if we shift towards like actually educating people and try to produce or the byproduct of our system is to produce aware and critical like citizens, then yes. But, and I say but, right? Because there's just a lot of money already tied into what is systemically happening right now that I'm not sure if we can transform, you know, in the way that we want, because hella people are going to lose their money. Hella people are going to lose their power. Right. And I'm not too sure if folks are ready for that to give up a little bits of their powers and privilege. So everybody could benefit. Right. Because that's what, it's kind of like the byproduct of, uh, American exceptionalism and individualism. Like I pulled up myself in these bootstraps. Y'all could do it too. I'm not going to give away all the stuff that I worked for. Y'all got to do that. It's the same, same like reasoning when like our parents or like our other Filipino like community members say, well, I worked so hard for this. Why can't all these other immigrants work hard for this? I got through it. They should do it too. And those people just usually end up as Trump supporters anyway. Right? So it's just that like idea of just 
giving up the little power we have so we could all unify, that's a very tough thing, especially when you're not educated enough to understand that, like, if we give up this little bit of change, we could we could really transform people, right? Like, I don't think folks are in a place where, one, they could confront all their power and privilege, two, they're able to have the vocabulary and the necessary critical thinking skills to identify their power and their privilege and to accept it. Right. Like I, I am hopeful that it will happen in our lifetime. That's for sure. But not anytime soon. But, you know, you, we got to be hopeful. Right. Like, because if we don't, then what's the point already? Like, I am sure that y'all would want your children to grow up like knowing who they are as folks and not being heated on because of what they look like or stuff like that. Right. Mm hmm. There's um there's this talk about uh, you know how in San Francisco we have rank voting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes, I, th- I think the last time the media really talked talked about it was when Mayor Ed Lee passed away, and then we voted in the new mayor, which is um, what's her name? London. Mayor Breed. London yeah. Breed, yeah, yeah, London Breed, and we had rank voting. So if you had voted for one person and that person lost, then you would have also voted for a second person and that person gets your vote. And I think, I think we might need rank voting, even though I know there are a lot of problems with it. Um, We might need rank voting in the presidential uh, elections uh, because if we don't, then we are going to stick to the blue and the red, right? When, I mean, not that I'm a fan of, of the libertarian candidate Joe Jorgensen, um, mm. she got over a million votes for mm-hmm. the presidential elect. But the thing is, is that if you believe that your vote will not matter if you voted for someone outside of the the two coalitions, then you're not going to vote for that person, right? Even if you really do believe deep down in your heart that that person can make a difference in your country you're not going to do it because if it comes down to it and you lost your candidate lost because you, you voted for someone else, um, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to vote for them. Right. So in, in, in rank voting, let's just say that we wanted to vote for Joe Jorgensen, we would vote for Joe Jorgensen and our second pick would have been Biden. Right. So if, if Joe Jorgensen got, I don't know, 50 million votes um but but biden needed all those 50 million to win and we definitely did not want trump to win then then joe jorgensen's votes would automatically go to biden the i so i think rank voting on that scale should be possible even though it's a little scary in terms of counting right there's Mm -hmm. a count and there's a recount and a recount and a recount that's what i feel like might happen that just remind me of Mon, uh, Hunter x Hunter when they were trying to yeah. the new commissioner. Was it new commissioner? What? Was it the new commissioner? Right. The I, didn't, guy? I didn't get that far. Oh, oh. The rat you know guy. what I'm talking about, Blue Stuffs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so good. I'm going to go Crunchyroll today. Yeah, I was very <laughs> political at the end, but at the same time, very interesting. The rank voting part? Uh, or is it, you're talking about the anime? The anime. How they did yeah. the voting. 
You th- you think we'll be able to shift away from the electoral college eventually? Because that's been racist as fuck, honestly. Well, yeah, that's the spirit of of abolitionism that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. That we were talking about. It, it, that that needs to go away too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, but we also, I mean, we we have to look at. I think we come from a place of of, in a sense, privilege when we oh, say that we too. Do. Well, we have right? do. I mean, yeah. we, we're in a blue state. And um, we give uh, was how many electoral votes? Fifty five. Fifty five. Yeah, we we have fifty five electoral votes. That's a huge impact on the election. Mm-hmm. Right. What does as have? A, like forty. Um, what? I think it's huh, forty. I don't know. I think it's less. I think it's like thirty three or something. Ooh. I can't remember. It's Texas. Oh, they got thirty eight. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. Yeah. Wow. I thought they would have just as much, but dang. They got yeah. no pull. Oh, nah. They have pull, but they don't got California pull. Yeah. I mean, so if we if we think about the, the how politics affects Californians versus how politics affects Ohio, I think, I think there really is a huge difference. And to give Ohio more of a voice, um, even though that their population is fractions of california mm-hmm. i think that's also a very strong point that we should consider mm-hmm. right just because i mean just because they voted for trump doesn't mean that we should we should um turn away from from giving people the opportunity to have a strong voice but i do i mean i do think that the the electoral college needs to disappear uh, but in its place how do you how do you give states uh, a strong, a stronger voice when their economy, when we talk about economies of scale, their economy is so much smaller than the economy of, say, New York, or California, or Washington. Hmm. That's a good point. But how do you guys feel about um, the propositions that passed? Dude, California they pop. They they passed Prop Twenty Two. Yeah. Dude, that that okay. That just made me like a lot of this voter. Like, there's a lot of misinformation and miseducation when it comes to our props, right? Because Prop Twenty Two, if everybody was watching those commercials and they had like the actors or whomever saying like, "This is good for me," mm-hmm. I'm a blah 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 blah. I'm an Uber Lyft driver, and then you see at the end who made those ads it's uber and lyft like bro you can't you yeah. I, I how could you pass a law created by the people who are running this scheme of like of taking advantage of people right you know makes they, me more mad the person who's acting in it agreed to say all that like without reading what he's spewing or what they're spewing yeah. Well, the the thing though with with Prop Twenty Two is is that it was indirect. Uh, it was it was an argumentative proposition to something that um, uh, Governor Newsom had had put in place, right? Which is now now everyone who is ten ninety nine for these tech companies have to be employees. But I honestly think that they're both wrong. Right, both of them, both of them are wrong, and both of them are right. One is that there is a problem, uh, and they are being taken advantage of. 
but two is that the is that the the whole system of of driving for Uber and Lyft is the reason why people do it, right? The fact that I can drive whenever I want to drive, mm -hmm. the fact that I don't have to put in, I don't have to put in a set eight hours. I don't have to drive between, you know, this time and this time only, right? Because the, because the problem with sometimes too much, um, too many laws and policies over how companies do their, their thing is now you've limited the now you've limited the whole uh, reason why people do it yeah, which there's is a lot of pros and cons yeah yeah it. so i mean like one is okay you, if you made them w2 employee workers then they only had they can only work eight hours how many how many people know how it feels to have to work eight hours and when you say that you want to work more they said no you can't you mm -hmm. can't do overtime yeah Right. And then now that you have to work four or five days a week, you can't find another job because the only job that you can find is only night shift. Uber. Yeah. Because a, right. a lot of people rely on it. A lot of people don't rely on it. And right. Yeah. So like one, I don't think that they should be classified as employees. That's way too limiting. Number two is I don't think that they should be taken advantage of and they should be paid more. The problem to me when it comes to Uber and Lyft is that it, as a business, it doesn't work. Right. When when you had when you deployed Uber, you were paying what percentage of the income that was being made for from every driver? It was a huge amount. People were driving, you know, two or three days a week at night for like 12 hours and they were making like two or three thousand dollars a week mm -hmm. at some point. Right. So that the whole point was to incentivize as many people to download the app and become drivers. And they were just using funds from their investors, right? How do you how do you grow? How do you scale? That's all they yeah. talk about: grow and scale, grow and scale. Well, let's just throw money at people. So now, when when they went public, all the investors said, "Now we want to be profitable." So how do you become profitable? Well, you have to decrease the margins that the drivers are making. Mm -hmm. So in reality, it's not making them W-2 employees. It's to give them a larger margin of, of the income. And if that doesn't work for the business model, then the business model should go bankrupt. Mm. That's how it should work to me. It should actually be, it's either you swim or you drown Uber. Mm -hmm. That's it. And Newsom was wrong in saying, hey, they, they should be W-2 workers because that's not going to work. If, if, if you have to be, if you have to drive eight hours and you have to be a driver for four or five days a week, period, to be a full-time employee, to get health benefits and all that stuff, then Uber definitely is going to disappear. And then now you don't have the opportunity to drive on top of the job that you already have. Because yeah, it was kind of made to reward hustle and like, yeah, <laughs> who's going to want to hustle when you're obligated to hustle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're getting hustled both ways. Yeah. I, I feel for the drivers, um, but I also feel for the reality of the business. And the business needs to needs to do what businesses do when they're facing a um a union, which is they need to talk to the union. They need to strike a deal with the union that makes the union happy, that makes the drivers happy. Hmm. 
there any other ones that y'all looking at? Because I'm I'm just waiting for Prop 15 to be fully counted. Which one's the Prop 15? Um, raising tax on commercial properties, and that goes to the uh, goes to towards education. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. losing right now, which I'm kind of like, wow. Right, because I, I guess everybody everybody says they're gonna raise your taxes, but raising property taxes on homes for schools, that, right? Yeah, that I think that on was newly newly purchased houses or like everyone. I think, um, I think on commercial everyone. properties, wasn't it? I think oh, oh. it's commercial okay. properties worth more than three million. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. all the details to that, but it just got me thinking about how. So in in our house, um, we were given the option. Well, we weren't given the option, but they were asking who in the household here goes to school or goes to public school. And if no one does, then we'll lower your property tax because if no one's going to school, why are we paying this tax? And so I was I was thinking about like how much would that affect me? How much would that affect anyone else that's not in school? Who's getting taxed? Is it like, are we obligated to pay that tax or is that still in effect where if someone is in school, in public school, we're paying that tax? Like, when they have you know like tax, when they have like um, property tax increases, usually they go on to this like subline called supplemental tax. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you pay the, the normal tax that you have and yes. then you'll see in your property tax bill, a supplemental tax. And usually those are the ones that are voted by, um, by the base or by the yeah so that's not always enforced well it just depends on where you live and what you voted for yeah so well yeah that's that's just that's as far as my thought process went as far as uh prop 15 Mm. i hope it does pass i mean i know that it's it's an increase i know it's an increase in taxes i know a lot of people in real estate who are talking who don't want that to happen but geez, we make we make too much money in real estate, guys. If you're listening, <laughs> there's too much money out there. If you're not making any money, that's because you suck. But if you make <laughs> if you are making a lot of money, you know how much money is out there in real estate. Um, yeah. And 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 every every realtor who is in any know how talks about uh, the greatest transfer of wealth in American history, uh, in modern American history. Like some of that needs to go to the people who need it, to the children that need it. And if it's going to provide higher and better education, better funded education, and it's going to come from our business, let's let it happen. We should let it happen. That's so true, though. Thanks for bringing that up because it's like everybody's just constantly just fighting for for their share, right? Like everybody's just trying to make a living in that we forget that um, we are in an ecosystem that if one one place is out of balance, everything is out of whack, right? Yeah. So, like, we need to have this uh, more of, a, like, a uh, big plan, like a wider purview of how everything fits. I think that's what's missing right now is, like, how do all these propositions fit our 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 society? Like, I wish there was, like, a model where they, they have this hypothesis of how, like, Prop 15 would work, and then they'll show in the model how it would affect or impact um, our our system or our lives, right? Because I, I think that's also part of um, 
part of this voting thing that is missing is that like how do these propositions create impact? Is there a way where we could visually see or render its potential impact if enacted? Right. Because like a lot of folks, although like a lot of folks are voting are like registered voters, that is still a big thing like voter education. And like, dude, we like I did programming for propositions. Hell of people don't even know what a proposition is or didn't know that they even had to register to vote. Right. So like little things like that, little basic stuff is still hella needed for folks, for us to move forward is to just help each other have that same type of knowledge. I, I was very confused about Prop 16, the whole like affirmative action in California. Did you guys nail that one down in terms of how that one works? Like I get it, like we want affirmative action in California, but I was very confused about how the language worked and why yeah. why that why that was. Gooby, do you know? I just basically went off like the Federation of Teachers or the um what they voted for because um because I, I feel like a lot of their content is something that matches my my push for education, right? Um like I'll read what it says on a voter guide from uh from the Federation of Teachers. Is, uh what is Prop sixteen? California we believe in giving everyone regardless of race or gender, an equal shot for fair wages in quality schools. Um, California is one of only nine states that ban affirmative action as a tool to fight discrimination. What? There was so I, something, think, I think it was along the lines of we can base accepting people on their race. Like we're, they, they can do that. It's repealing, I forget, but, I, but I don't know which one. If, if the correct answer was yes or no, yeah, it was want. it was you know confusing, saying? right? Because yeah. it was it was repealing. Some say it was okay. Now, if on surface level it was, let's almost reinstate affirmative action, and then when you, you get down to the mechanics, and it was something like repealing some language yeah, to it's like, allow you know people what you want, to, but you don't know yeah. how to answer. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. really confusing. Mm-hmm. Well, they really said confusing. it's yes because, well, the Federation teacher said yes to repeal Proposition 209. And Proposition 209 is, um, Proposition 209 added Section 31 to the California Constitution Declaration of Rights, which said that the state cannot discriminate against or grant preferential treatment mm-hmm. or bias or blah, 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 blah. Right. Doesn't that sound contradictory? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or right, that's why it's preferential treatment on the basis of race or national origin in the operation of public employment, blah, 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 blah. Therefore, Proposition 209 banned the use of affirmative action involving race-based or sex-based preferences in California. Yeah. I had to Google, and then there were, I found sites that say, if you say yes, this will happen. If you say no, this will happen. And that's how I answered a lot of my... That's why I based mine, too. Yeah. It was like an inception of an inception inside mm-hmm. of an inception of a of a proposition. Yeah. See, but like even that, knowing that you have to do all this work mm-hmm. just to understand what the fuck is going on. Like back to mm-hmm. when we had that conversation with Angie. If this is such an essential fucking thing that like America yeah. is about, why are why is this why is this not simpler? 
right? Because I'm yeah. pretty damn sure a lot of people don't do their research. So when they're in the ballot box, they're like, oh, I'm just going to read the damn paragraph. And the paragraph usually doesn't even reflect the actual core values of whatever they're saying. And then people get bamboozled into voting for something yeah. that they thought was something, but it's totally something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but the thing though is, are we being bamboozled or is it just that we like the critical thinking? Not that... <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, like people are so comfortable with, 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 um, uh, simplicity and certainty, right? I mean, when I talk about certainty, I talk about now we got Biden in that's certain. We know what that looks like. We know what that kind of government looks like. It's better than Trump's because that was a very uncertain world that we lived in. And then, and then when it comes to simplicity, you go, how do we vote on very, 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 very complicated issues? that have very, very complicated policies and laws. And, and I was talking about this when it comes to like financial laws in previous episodes. How can we vote on those things that are too complicated for us to vote on if we are not experts in those fields? How can we create policy on a local level and on a national level if these things are way too complicated for us to understand, not because we're dumb or be, maybe not because we not because we lack the critical thinking, but because we lack the expertise in those fields. Right. How can we participate um, in the analysis of raw data if it's proven that we if it's proven that we we can't bamboozled in education? No, but that's the thing too, right? Like we we want to produce citizens who are critically aware. We want citizens who are um, who are actively engaged in our system. But systemically, our system right now doesn't produce that. Like we we are all like old enough to know that we are a product of our system, and and like imagine trying to like to vote, right? And knowing that you have to do all your research. Well, what if you were never educated on how to research or how to critically think? And then you're, you know, you still have to balance out your regular life, your work life, your blah, blah, blah. So where do you fit in, like, researching (laughs) these ballots that are super, uber important, but you don't have, but you're lacking the skills and the support to even understand what is being asked of you right it's like giving a kid a test and say like here go do this test and yet you don't give them like the resources to understand the test nor even like the study guides to prepare for the test right because yeah i i do i i there is a certain amount of critical thinking and work that is required to to vote because that's your responsibility as a voter but if the system that places you in that position doesn't support you to make the best possible decision, that is on the system. Yeah, and that that is a huge, huge, huge proponent. But there's mm-hmm. the other side too, right? It's kind of like, it's like buying a house. Like, are you expected to know every law of the land when it comes to buying a house? Everything about how mortgages are calculated or, um, you know, every experience that every real estate agent has had in terms of negotiating between a buyer and seller, are you supposed to know all those things when you buy a house or do you find someone who's an expert in the field that you trust and they guide you towards the entire process? It's not up to you 
to know all those things, but someone to someone that you trust. And that's and that's what I'm saying is also the issue, is that is the reason why we need to have people we trust in government because mm-hmm. there are issues on a national level. There are issues in terms of foreign policy. There are issues in terms of foreign trade that are not just not that they are just so complicated that it's impossible for us normal folk to understand. It's just it takes decades, years and decades mm. to get to the point where you can wrap your whole head around the issue and make a viable decision. So you need people who you can trust that you know have your back, but also have that expertise, right? It's one, so one, yes, we do need a better program of education that allows for a higher standard that a uh, higher standard of critical thinking, but we also need to have people that we trust in our government. That's why we vote. Hmm. There, there is a lot of shit that we still have to uncover, right? I think one of the benefits that, um, that not, not a lot of people see as a benefit, but the last four years we've seen people take off their masks, take off their robes and show who the hell they are. Right now it's, about like okay we know what these people are so what are we going to do with them right is it to work with them is it to uh, to have dialogue right there's a lot of open wounds that have been in some cases like opened up even more but we could see where like the hurt is and we could see where we need that um that work to do Right. Like the the way I like to to frame it as like Georgia in all my life has been red. Right. Like that's been a main. It was never a swing state. It was always Republican. But you had folks like Stacey Abrams and like the folks that she worked with for the for voting organizations. They did the work to put, I think, 800,000 new voters in Georgia system. Like, that is what's mm-hmm. happening in our society. This is where our folks are really like, hey, I need to do something for my community so that we could all uh, move forward, right? So, like, I, I do see this, like, big movement, this, like, energy within, um, like, educational spaces and within, like, um folks who around our age range really saying like, Hey, like this shit that we went through, it's fucked up. I don't want that to happen to anybody else. Right. And I I love the fact that like social media has been blowing up because it provides everybody space to um, educate themselves, especially with TikTok. Like shout out to Andy's Angie's chick TikTok because like I watch her stuff and I feel a hella more informed than before. And our youth are looking at that. Our youth are a lot more um, connected than we ever were, right? Like us, you know? So it's cool to see that there is this like new um, new energy that is happening. And that is simply because that folks, we're just tired of all this bullshit that is happening. And I really do feel like this next decade is where we're going to put in a lot of work to really like confront all the bullshit that we've been all facing and um I'm hopeful that uh what what comes out of it is everybody being able to say like hey look this is how uh we believe America is going to be better so how can we move forward together to make that happen
with that said, uh, to everyone who can, good job voting. You made stuff happen. That's been another episode of the Hell of Mishala podcast. Thanks for listening to our bullshit. Bye. Bye.